This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. Steve, when we talk about the Jesuits, who or what are we talking about? So the Jesuits are the military arm of the Vatican, the Roman Catholic Church. And they're also entwined with the Church of England. So you have the Knights of Malta who are the financial arm. They're the banking arm for all of the, 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 the Vatican. You have the Jesuits who are the military arm, but they don't, they don't have armies like they're not armed priests. <laughs> they get everyone else to do the fighting for them, like Israel right now. Um, then you have uh, the Knights Hospitaller, who were the ones who set up all this birth, uh, birth certificate scam that we're all on with the all caps names, you know, the Justinian deception, they call it. Um, and then you have a Knights Templar branch, which the Jesuits, funny enough, they have the Templar flag in the middle of their sun logo. Um, but the Templars ended up in Switzerland. If we have time, we can get into that. And they are called Octagon. They have a secret society called Octagon who's running all the Swiss banking. This is why Davos and the World Health Organization, they're all in Switzerland. That's why they're all there, because they are another arm. When we say the Jesuits, really, this is all the Roman Catholic Church and the Church of England behind all the shenanigans that everyone is blaming the Jews for. Um, so it, you say the Jesuits because they're sort of like the masterminds who get everything done behind the scenes. And you, you don't hear about them often because that's the whole point. That's why they do everything behind the scenes, you know, because they don't want you to know about them. Everybody hears about the Jews, this and the Jews, that, but you don't hear very much about the Jesuits. So it's important right now to talk. I'm not saying there aren't bad Jews doing bad things because we just saw they, you know, they found a tunnel in New York and there were like baby cribs in there and mattresses with blood, you know, so, and, and what's going on in, in um, Gaza right now, which is Yesa, we'll get into what Gaza really means in the Great Pyramid of Giza and who really built and founded those places. Um, it is Jews doing it, but they're not, they think they're doing it for Jews. This is an old, old Jesuit plan to take back Jerusalem. They want that territory again because the Templars and the, the Catholic Church lost it to the Arabs uh, back in the, during the, at the end of the Crusades. And they've wanted that back for a thousand years. So we're looking at some really old blood. These people don't let shit go. <laughs> and, and we'll get into why that is. But the reason is, there are over two, two point something billion Catholics, right? The, the Pope, the Pope, the white Pope, there are three Popes we'll get into later. He's the word, the authority of God, right? So he appoints Kings and Queens under, under divine right to rule. Well, wh what divinity he's talking about God, him, he's the voice of God. Now, if, if he doesn't have that authority, then they basically lose all their power, all the royalty lose all their power, all the vassal Burke's peerage families lose their power. You know, he decides who who rules France, who rules England, who he, he picks out the kings and queens. So that's really why they, they've been against the Protestants, they've been against the Jews, and they funded Hitler because they were against the Freemasons. Because There are two sects of Freemasonry. One of them is Roman Catholic Freemasonry, and the other sect they don't care what you are or what religion. When you take a Masonic oath, they don't care what you are. 
So the Jesuits have hated Freemasonry, and I can show I can show proof of that later. Um, they're mortal enemies. That is why when people go, Hitler got rid of all the Freemason lodges. Yeah, because he was working for the Jesuits to help get the Jews to where they are now for Pike's final plan and shut down Freemasonry for the Jesuits, which we'll get into later. What was Pike's final plan? What was his what? Say again. What was Pike's, uh, Pike's plan? Well, we can look at that now. So Pike sent a letter to Mazzini. Uh, let me just open this folder. Uh, Albert Pike, Three World Wars. Here we go. So what they were is they were knights of the Order of Palladian. And the Palladian is a sect of Roman Catholic Freemasonry. And these guys were the heads. So in 1871, he sent a letter to Giuseppe Mazzini, who's the head of the P2 Lodge. And they talked about fomenting three world wars so that they could bring about their new world order, which the new world order is just, they want the old world order where the Roman, where church and state are not separated. The, the state follows the orders of the church. They think there's more order in that. So I won't go over the first two, we won't have time, but he wrote the third world war after they did, and by the way, World War One and Two happened exactly as he said they would, and he wrote these in 1871. So they happened 50 and 70 years later, exactly. And people can take a screenshot here and read that. The third world war must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences caused by the agenter of the Illuminati, which are the Jesuits, between the political Zionists, which are the Jesuits leading the Jews, and the leaders of Islamic world. They also hate Islam, by the way. The, the Catholic Church and Jesuits can't stand the Muslims. The war must be conducted in such a way that Islam, the Muslim Arabic world, and political Zionism, the state of Israel, keep in mind this was written seven years before there was a state of Israel, <laughs> mutually destroy each other. Meanwhile, the other nations, once more divided on this issue, will be constrained to fight to the point of complete physical, moral, spiritual, and economical exhaustion, uh, which is why they're bringing all the foreigners in right now, weapons caches and stuff. We shall unleash the nihilists and the atheists and provoke a formidable social cataclysm, which in all its horror will clearly show the nations the effect of absolute atheism, the origin of savagery, sav savagery and the most bloody turmoil. Then everywhere the citizens obliged to defend themselves against the minority of revolutionaries will exterminate those revolutionaries. So Black Lives Matter, blah, 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 blah. You're all going to get wasted. And then what they want to do is when the Christians are disillusioned, they want to bring in the true doctrine, doctrine of Lucifer, the light. Luciferianism is the right-hand path. It's not Satanism. Luciferianism is the old Irish priests of Iesa Krios, where the, the Catholics stole Jesus Christ, the son and man incarnating over and over in a physical body until he perfects a spiritual body. And that was called Iesa Krios, which Iesa is the name of Giza, the Irish pyramids they built, and Gaza. So that's that's what Pike and that's what they were up to. And that's kind of what it looks like we might be seeing now is the you know what's going on with Israel. This could very well lead to a world war. Absolutely. Just for clarity, who was Albert Pike? Well, he was the head of the Order of Palladium, 
and he was the highest, he was the head of a Freemasonic Lodge in the United States. He wrote Morals and Dogma, which is considered like their greatest, uh, like the greatest Masonic text ever written other than some Manly P. Hall texts. But Manly P. Hall was made an honorary member. Pike ran the damn thing in the United States. And he was the overlord for what later became the mafia because he's working with Mazzini, the P2 Lodge. Now, here's a good one because everyone's like, no, 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 Steve, it's the Jews, it's the Jews. And like, I don't expect us in 45 minutes or an hour, <laughs> you know, to, to sort this out. And I'm not asking anyone to believe me. I'm going to be making a movie. But let's look at this. Let's just take a fun little quiz. You can see that, right? Mm. On the dollar bill, the declaration for the new world order is there. Novus Ordo Seclurum, right under the pyramid, right? <laughs> it's written in Latin. Latin is the language of the Roman Catholic priests and the Church of England high priests. They made Latin so that they would have their own high Latin, just like the ancient Irish made Hebrew so that they would have their own language, right? So first of all, no one notices this. They say there's a Jew world order. And you say, well, why did the Jews write it in the wrong language and religion on the dollar bill? <laughs> are, they, are they that stupid or what? <laughs> right? The, the, and I, I don't want to get too much into this, but the Roman Catholic Church and the Church of England rewrote all the history books. They created fake historians like Josephus, Flavius, Pliny the Elder, they wanted to get rid of the fact that all of the ancient religions come from the Irish. They were the sun worshippers, and their priest class were called the Phoenicians, F-I-N-N, not Phoenicians. They came from Ireland, Atlantis, east, and they brought all their wisdom of the sun, and they called the sun Iesa Krios. Sound familiar? Jesus Christ. It's, it's the sun, Iesa Krios. Now, we can, I can show you this here. So when people are confused about the Jews or the false Jews or the fake Jews, and they all came out of Caesarea and stuff, no, all the Jews, all of them are false. They're all false. Because the word Jew is derived from an Irish word, Iud. Now, the Irish don't have a J. So it's Yud, meaning the day or the light. And it talks about, it's the priests of the sun, the followers of the light, those who chose to do the esoteric wisdom or the teachings. So Yud is camouflaged when covered with a J. This is what the Church of England and the Roman Catholic Church did into an I. So it, <coughs> excuse me, they doctored it up. So Jew, there are other names for that, like Hebrew, so the word Jew is Irish origin. It means Yule, like July. That's where we get the name July, the sun, when it's at its highest power and dignity in the summer. So that's where it comes. And that was developed by the Irish priests of Iesa and then copied by the Roman priests. Now, Hebrew, Hebrews is derived from the Irish word Heber. Now, I have to say right now, right, during history, the Roman Catholic Church and the Church of England genocided all the Scottish Highlanders, the Finnish who spoke this language too, old Finnish is, is extinct now. And they, there's only 2% of people who speak Irish in Ireland now. And I happen to know a girl, Amy, who's one of them by fluke, who's helping me with a film on this. So funny enough, you think, well, 
and they, if you spoke Irish or Celtic, it was penalty of death. Now you'd think, why would you make it a penalty of death to speak that language? Wouldn't it be penalty of death to practice paganism, right? That, that should, I mean, if you're doing the Inquisition, and <laughs> that should be the point. But no, they wanted the language dead because if you speak Old Irish and, and Celtic, you have the skeleton key to figure this out. And Hebrew is Heber, which Eber, which comes from Ea, fire, the name of the sun. It's an Irish name. And then they have another name, Khan. So Istanbul became Constantinople when the Irish came, Kulka Khan. All, when they got to the Americas, the, to this day, the Florida Seminole Indians and four other tribes, they speak Hebrew. And they couldn't figure out how is it they got to America and all these Indians are speaking Hebrew. They were even wearing the curly locks. Well, we know all of the ancient Indian cultures talk about these red bearded, blue eyed, tall people who came back in history and taught them civilization. These were the Irish. <laughs> this is one of the things the church is covering up is the Irish did all of this. Genghis Khan had red hair and blue eyes. Some of the Muslims still wear dye their beards orange because the prophet Muhammad allegedly had orange beard and blue eyes because he was Irish. Anyway, so Heber's brother is, is a malicious, and that's another personified attribute of the sun. So a Hebrew is a priest of the fire and a disciple of the sun for, and the Irish. It's a name for the ancient Irish priests of Iesa Krios. It's one of the names by which the church conspirators have camouflaged the ancient Irish priesthood by placing the theater of their history over in Palestine. So what they did is they rewrote the Bible, <coughs> excuse me, moved all the places over to the Middle East and, and then moved the story as the Bible's origin to Greece so that when people start looking for this, they don't look to Ireland or Finland where, the, where these languages are. So this is how they've kind of done it. This is how they've taken over. And that's so when, when we're talking about Jews, you have to understand the Jews that live in Israel right now. They're not Jews. They're they're descendants of people who are taught wisdom, the Gnostic Gnosis, Hermeticism by the Irish priests of Yesa. So and that is why the Catholic Church cannot stand them. Because once you have the, <laughs> the old Gnosis, you understand that the Bible is not f like real events that happened in history. And Jesus Christ is not a real historical person. These are stories about how the human body works, how the archons, the seven planets, give you seven. They, they bestow seven frequencies, seven chakras. Uh, you have your seven deadly sins you need to get over. They bring spirit into matter, and matter can incarnate several times and several times to build a spirit body back and ascend again. And if you know that, then you can't pay them to forgive your sins, and they can't control you, saying the Pope is the royal pontiff of God. How does that extend into where we are now? Yeah, well, let's, let's talk about modern times, right? So let's say it's the Jews. So... We all saw Bernie Sanders <laughs> when Trump and Hillary were running. Bernie Sanders was selling out stadiums of 60,000 people like Trump. Hillary Clinton was talking to groups of 400. <laughs> now, 
if the almighty Jews were in charge, how is it Hillary Clinton got the Democratic nomination? She got selected. Why didn't they put their Jew boy, Bernie Sanders, in? And I'll show you what happens. It's because they're selected. We've all seen that dinner right before the election. Do you remember this dinner? Can you see that? That's Cardinal Timothy O'Brien in New York. Anyone who's about to be selected has to go to this dinner. Uh, There's no Jews there. In fact, when I show you the U.S. presidents, all of the U.S. presidents have carried royal European bloodlines into office. 34 have been genetic descendants from King Charlemagne, who was the brutal eighth century king of the Franks. 19 of them directly descended from King Edward Edward III of England. Trump and Hillary were both related to both of these, both of them. Trump said he he did one of his floors in Trump Tower in all gold in honor of his relative Charlemagne. So there are no Jews. There's no Jewish U.S. presidents. There's no nothing. They're always descendants of these families. Now, what a lot of people say, um, because this ties in, there was a guy called Kodow, Count Kodau Kalergi. Okay, well, allegedly he's a Jew who was living in Japan. who He wanted the Jews to take over the world. So he came up with a plan where they would, they would cause trouble in Africa and then let all the immigrants flood into Europe like it's happening today. And then they would all start eventually mating together, but I don't know via rape or whatever. And then they would make mixed races of people who he said would be easier to control. And everyone says, okay, he's a Jew, he's a Jew. This is proof of the Jews. So let's look here. I have his family's history. His the the, the co- Their family dates back to the Dutch of Brand. Uh, Bravon in our crusader in a crusader so a Christian crusader that's where his family's from now when you start looking at Count Kodov Kalergi he was the first recipient of the Charlemagne prize in 1950 he was the first one to get one to so say okay okay great what's that what, what did this Jew get right I have this too sorry uh, yeah, this is another award he got. He also got the Order of Merit for the Federal Republic of Germany. Do you notice what's in the middle there? It's a Knights Templar cross. <laughs> With the mm-hmm. Knights of Malta cross. But what what is the Charlemagne prize that this Jew, Count Kalergi, got? Even though his family are descendants of the Roman Empire. Well, Charlemagne prize is from, it's it's a prize for work done in the service of European unification and it commemorates Charlemagne, the ruler of Frankish Empire and founder of what became the Holy Roman Empire, <laughs> who was the first to unify Western Europe following the fall of the Western Roman Empire. So kind of weird, the Jews who's running the world, he's getting a, a prize for, for the Holy Roman Empire <laughs> for doing exactly what they want to do. That's a little weird, isn't it? Why then are the Jews so heavily targeted? Well, that yeah, exactly. Here's a good one. So there's a story, right? Um, the Jews have been kicked out of so many countries. Have you heard that? The, their dudes are so fi- why? Because they're so financially bad and they're evil and they're, and they're good with money and all that, right? So first of all, is that true? And second of all, why? 
So I did some digging in the, in the Jewish encyclopedias. First, let's look at the Jews in the 15th and 17th century. So here's the 15th, 300 years. The ones in pink are the ones who expelled the Jews from the 15th to 17th century. Spain and bottom of Italy, Sicily, Sardinia, and some Spanish islands. That's it. Now, funny enough, the Jesuits, Ignatius Loyola, came out of Spain. Isn't that a coincidence? Probably not. So I don't see any Jews getting kicked out of all these countries. I see them getting kicked out in Portugal, three in a few islands. But okay, the Arabs expelled the Jews out of all their countries in the nineteen hundred in the in the 20th century. So the Arabs don't like them. Why? I don't know, because they were the merchants and they were like the supply line. Now, but what about ancient times then? This is where it really falls down. Let's let's take a look at why the Jews were getting kicked out. The Jews underwent expulsions during the time of the Assyrians and Babylonian kingdoms, which were the Irish priest kingdoms in the east. Sumer, you've heard Remus and Romulus, the, the, the myths. When you put those backwards, it's Sumer and Sulamor, Irish names for the sun and the summer. Pagan Rome also adopted on rare occasions policies of removing the Jews, considering them an undesirable element. There is some vague information on the expulsion of the Jews from Rome in 139 BC among the other Chaldeans. So Chaldea was, was a place. So they didn't just kick the Jews out. They kicked all the Chaldeans out. So the Jews were just among a demographic of people they kicked out because they wanted the land. In 19 AD or CE, Tiberius ordered the expulsion of all Jews in Italy if they would not abandon their faith. So it's not because they were merchants and good with money and taking over the world. It's because they wouldn't take on a religion, a different religion. until the, And then in uh, 50 CE, he expels them from Rome. And then until the capture of Jerusalem by the Muslims in 638, the Jews were prohibited from entering that city and its boundaries. The policy of expelling Jews was, however, only adopted by victorious Christianity from the 4th century CE when the Vatican is formed in implementation of its objectives to separate Jews from the rest of society and degrade and oppress them so that they would convert to Christianity. The phenomenon of expulsion is, however, overwhelmingly found in Christian lands. But in most localities, especially Germany, they were readmitted after a short while. Socioeconomic factors contributed to the hostility of the Christian, Christian merchants and craftsmen towards their Jewish rivals. And in Spain, where they kicked them out in the 16th, 17th, 18th century, the desire to isolate the new Christians from the Jewish influence was also a factor in their expulsion because they didn't want the Christians catching on that their religion in Vatican is bullshit. This, so the, they, that's why the Jews got kicked out of all the countries, for religion, by Christians. Totally. They just didn't like them. And also, if you read deeper in that thing I just showed, people can screenshot that. Once they were expelling them out on the roads, they would go out and murder them and steal their stuff. They were like highway robbing them and killing them and taking their shit as after they got out on the road. 
out in the country. Right. So, so how did, how did the Jesuits become so powerful? Well, by deception. So, so here's another one. We've all heard, and we won't have time to go through all this, but I'm going to make a film about this, like a three hour film. Right. Um, have you heard of the art of war by Sun Tzu? Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's great. Great book. Yeah, you read it, right? So you've mm. read The Art of War, and in it is laid out, it's laid out all the, like, there's like 70 things that they do. Art by deception, send in spies. Whenever your enemy thinks you're going to attack, don't attack. When they think you're strong, pretend you're weak, right? Mm. Do the opposite. Now, the Jesuits are the cult of the sun. So the Jesuits got their information well, I'll backtrack, but we'll start with this. I'll, I'll show you where this comes from. Now, Sun Tzu, that's the sun, right? Sun Tzu was the general of the army of the king Helu of Wu, Helios, the sun. Sun, the sun Tzu, was the general of the army of King Helio, the son of Wu. This whole story is fictional. It's bullshit. The book was translated into the French language in 1772 by French Jesuit, Jean-Joseph-Marie Amiot, the Jesuit astronomer to the emperor of China. They wrote this. Now, who wrote this book is General Ricci, the Jesuit general. He's the head commander of the Jesuits. And if you read The Art of War, the story of Sun Tzu and Helios, if you remember, Sun Tzu says, if I can get all your concubines to do what I want in a day, then you have to make me in charge of the whole empire's army. You remember that? And then he, they won't listen to him. And then he kills the, his two favorite wives and then says, I'm going to ask you again, stand and step, turn around. And suddenly they all do it. You're right. So, so Sun Tzu didn't exist. No, it's all a fictional right by general Ricci. Now Ricci. And he, so when was the art of war written then? Right, it, it wasn't translated into the French language in 1772. It was written there when General Ricci was the gov was the Jesuit general for the Jesuits. So that that's and and when you read that and just replace everything with what the Jesuits do and wonder how they got so powerful, their director wrote wrote the book. <laughs> now, where this comes from is the Medici's. So where they got this knowledge. You've heard of the Medici family. I think we all have. Hmm. There's the Orsinis, which we'll get into. The Rothschilds and Rockefellers are Orsinis. Orsini means red bear. And they have the red shield of the Knights Templar. But uh, Guilio di Medici, um, he took the papal name of Clement the, the Seventh. He was a pope. He's, he's another one of Leo's. Um, the, the Medicis were a banking and political royal dynasty in the 14th century. Um, they had a lot of popes. They, they became Pope Leo X. They had Pope Clement VII, Pope Pius IV, and Pope Leo XI. Um, and what they did, Leo X is the one whose corruption was so bad that that forced Martin Luther to start the Protestant movement and break away from the Catholic Church. So it was a Medici who did it. Now, the head Medici um, was Cosimo de Medici, and he, and he was the guy way back. He was one of the black nobility families, not Greek. Um, 
And he went back and went all over the Middle East to get the old Gnostic hermetic hermetic information, the hermeticum. It was it was Cosimo Medici, Medici who got all of this information of the Kabbalah, Gematria, um, you know, putting words in the numbers, all the stuff that the Jesuits do today. It was brought back. It was ancient lost Irish knowledge that was still surviving in the Middle East. And it was him who did it. It was actually the Medicis who did it. So his family became all the popes and a lot of the queens and, and dukes and kings too as well. They came from this family. So that's where they get their power from. Is like here's here's a good one, right? People think the White House is named because it's white. <laughs> right? It's because it's a white house. No. In 1633 already, a Jesuit, a Jesuit head priest named Andrew White already came to Maryland, founded Maryland, named after the Virgin Mary, and they set up a, a Jesuit colony there, and his house was the Andrew White House. And then later, he donated his house to the U.S. government. They're living in a Jesuit Andrew White's house. That's the White House. Now... General Ricci, what's funny, and we we don't have time to get into it, but there's a story that the Jesuits also got banned from all the Protestant countries too as well, which they did. But they orchestrated this. This when you read the Art of War, it's straight out of it's straight out of the Art of War. They made it look like, oh, poor me, poor me, just like they make the Jews look now, so that all the Catholic nations would rally around the Jesuits and get them back into power in the Vatican. This was a total ploy. Now, Ricci, they said they imprisoned them. They imprisoned them in like a giant cathedral next to the Vatican that had underground tunnels. Then they said he died there. And then he has this funeral that no one's allowed to attend, like bin Laden dropping him off in the ocean. (laughs) You can't, no one can come to this funeral Three months after this Ricci allegedly dies, they're having a they're having their committee for July second to figure out what flag they're going to make for the U.S. flag in seventeen in July second seventeen seventy whatever, and they're getting ready to do the the Constitution, and this weird guy, this Italian guy, turns up and he stays in a guest house. He's an old man by now, the and. And you can you can read this in the rulers of evil. I'll also give a reading list for people today. All of a sudden, they're having this final meeting. Now, nobody celebrates July second. The Americans celebrate Fourth of July, Independence Day. They don't celebrate. They don't celebrate the second. Mm-hmm. This guy turns up in the meeting and suddenly stands up because they're deciding what flag to use and should there be freedom of religion. And this guy says there should be freedom of religion for all because the, the Americas were Protestant. They didn't want the Jesuits there. Most of the founding fathers said if these Jesuits come, we're screwed. But this Jesuit guy, Ricci, turns up when he's supposed to be dead and says, "We this country should be freedom of everyone for religion. You're like, yeah, now the Jesuits can come in. And they were already there. They were already there. And the U.S. flag is an already existing Jesuit-owned corporation. They t- he, they voted on his flag from a Jesuit corporation. <laughs> so where do the Jews fit in here? Somebody tell me. You know, most of the Jew bashing, like, it comes from the Protocols of Zion, which is a Jesuit. The Jesuits wrote that. Um, and where that comes from, 
that that was 1903. So everyone knows the protocols of the learned elders of Zion, right? A Jewish conspiracy to take over the world, and that's how they're going to do it. Now, what people remember is a court ruled that it was a forgery, not a fake. Do you remember that? Uh, the book. Yeah, the, the protocols were ruled a forgery. Not a fraud, not, not, not a fiction, a forgery. So forged from what? Well, if you go back 130 years before that, the Jesuits had written a book called The Secret of the Elders of Borgfontein Against Jansenism in France. Now, the, that in the 1500s, late 1500s, when the Jesuits formed, there was a branch of the Catholic Church that busted out and called themselves Jansenists because they didn't like what, what they were doing. They, they thought Jesus was not real, didn't die on a cross. They thought he was just a man. They, they didn't like this whole doctrine of the Catholic Church. <coughs> Excuse me. So the Jesuits wrote a book claiming the Jansenists wrote it word for word for the protocols of the elders of Zion and saying, we're, we're so evil and we're going to take over the world and we're the, the Antichrist and, the, and the, we're so bad. We're, we're, we look like the Antichrist and Satan. And the only one who can step up and save the world from Satan with a new Catholic world order, Novus Ordo Seclorum, are the Catholic Church and the Jesuits, right? So they just did the same trick <laughs> to the Jews that they did to the Jansenists 100 years earlier. They write this book, pass it out everywhere, and then, oh, my God, it's the Jews. When, when you look at the Bolshevik Revolution, like, right, um, the Bolsheviks program that followed the assassination of the Tsar of Russia and then the overthrow of the Kerensky regime in Russia. Now, remember... Um, while while General Ricci or Ricci, I don't know how you like to say it, um, while he was doing his scam where the Jesuits get kicked out of all these countries for sympathy, Russia took them in. So a lot of the Jesuits um, became teachers and um, confidants and government positions in Russia because so, uh, Catherine, she didn't like the Vatican. So she she actually she thought they were mad at the Vatican, hated them. So she took them in. But of the 17 members of the, of the Council of People's Commissars of the Soviet government at that time who overthrew, Trotsky was the only Jew. The other 16 were all Jesuit priests or Jesuit educated people. And yet we're told the Bolshevik Revolution was a Jewish, was Jewish. But it's not. <laughs> it's totally not. It was Jesuit, you, you, you're saying. The Jesuits planned it all and overthrew it, yeah, because Catherine, they didn't, the, the, the Russian czars hated the Vatican. Now, the Jesuits worked for the Vatican, and one of, Sun, one of, one of Sun Tzu, you know, art of war things is you're there to serve the emperor or the pontiff, which is the, the pope. The whole idea is to keep the papacy, the Roman Catholic Church, in charge. But it, it doesn't mean you serve the guy in the seat. So sometimes the Jesuits will kill a pope, will poison a pope or kill one, right? They don't care who's the pope. Their job is to keep the whole organization alive. So in the art of war, it says you serve the pontiff or the, the commander, right? The sovereign, um, unless his orders aren't suitable, unless his orders don't work against the goal, then you don't. You just don't listen to them or you get rid of them, right? So, like, you serve the country, but we don't care who leads the country because we're really leading the country. That's their creed and motto, so that's how they play everything. Now, 
let's look at Israel right now. Um, so it, yeah, Israel, we'd have to go back to the Knights Templar if we if we have time. We could also do this again. I don't even know how much time's going by. This subject's so deep. But after the Crusades, right, the Knights Templar sack Jerusalem and take it for the Vatican. And there are Crusaders and Knights Templar. The Templar were more actually looking for the secret old lost Irish Gnostic knowledge. They were like uh, esoteric treasure hunters more than fighters. The Crusaders were more of the military arm of that whole thing. But then the French turned against them. We've all heard the story of Friday the 13th where they get they round up the Templars, right? Dan Brown and all that and kill all the, Knight, the Knights Templar. Well, they didn't kill all of them. They killed like 300. The other thousands and thousands of them already had went to Switzerland and founded Switzerland in 12, whatever that was, you know, when that happened. Three days after the other Templars get killed, they just took off to Switzerland with all their knowledge and treasures. So that's why you have Davos, the World Health Organization, the Swiss banking. That's why there are Swiss guards guarding the Vatican. People are like, why are there Swiss guards? The Knights Templar go there to Switzerland. So that's what the Society of Octagon is, the Octagon. Um, they're running a lot of the behind the scenes on banking. They always break even. That's why Switzerland's neutral in every war. <laughs> they're the only ones that come out smelling like roses. So they're working for, for the Holy Roman Empire as well. And they're working with the Church of England. Um, but anyway... So uh, as the as the Crusades end in 1200, so then the Muslims end up taking back Jerusalem, which is still a, a thorn in their side today. They want that back. That's what's going on right now in Israel. Gaza again is named after Yesa, the Irish, the Irish name for the sun and man, physically personified in the spirit, Yesa Krios or Jesus Christ. That's what Gaza and Giza are named after Yesa. The Roman Catholic Church and the Church of England made up historians and shifted everything to the Middle East so they could fabricate all this history. That's why when people are talking about, oh, the Dark Ages, and then we have a thousand years of missing history, we got a lot more than a thousand years of lost history. They didn't have time to write it all. <laughs> there, there was no Dark Ages. There was plenty of good stuff going on during that. We just don't have any clue what it's all about. Um, but anyway, so let's look at Israel. Like I've got a Polish flatmate who uh, he had to move to Sweden. They escaped, escaped Poland from the communism uh, when he was young and he's, uh, he was Swedish special forces. Um, they burned down mosques and, and, uh, and synagogues. Like the, whenever they try to build them, the Polish burn them down and the police can't do anything. They say like, ah, what are we going to do? They're, they're staunchly Roman Catholic. Now you get this guy, blue-eyed, he blue-eyed, Benjamin Milkowski is his name. He's a he's a Polish furniture salesman from Philadelphia. Changes his name to Benjamin Netanyahu, and now all of a sudden he's a Jew, leading all the Jews into, <laughs> into bombing Gaza and genociding them. He's from Poland. They turned over the Jews to the Nazis. And, and by the way, that's what Jesuitism is. It's Nazi fascism. That's why the Jesuits funded Hitler and Mussolini. Jesuitism is Nazi fascism. Um, but anyway, yeah, so you look at Israel, and I saw like Max Egan, he almost got this on a podcast, you know, one of his walking talks. He was like, it's kind of weird, like uh, the Jews are taking over the world, but why are they doing it openly in public, creating all this anti-Semitism for themselves, right? Like you'd think if you controlled the world, you could do this a little more secretly and cleverly so everyone didn't hate you. But when we look at what we just read with Pike's World War, they have to get the world to hate Israel. 
And this is what they're doing. They Milkowski, who's probably a Jesuit. I haven't proved that, but of course, this is how they play. We could read the Jesuit oath too, if you want, like people will, sh will freak when they hear the Jesuit oath. Um, and people should read a book called the secret instructions of the Jesuits um, by EC Brown, which I'll give in a, I'll give in a bibliography at the end. Um, so what's going to happen is uh, um, right now, the only reason the Middle East Arab world isn't attacking them, look how many Arab countries are around them, billions of people, right? They're afraid of the U.S. But see, Trump's a Jesuit and so is Biden. Trump went to all two Jesuit colleges. All his kids went to Jesuit colleges. Biden's Jesuit educated. And we won't have time to get into the gematria, but I can, if you go follow Zach Hubbard, you should have him on your show. I've been following him every day for six years Every news story, every professional sports score, every everything is numerologically linked. Now, Gematria works on the calendar. We're not on a Jewish calendar. We're on the Gregorian Roman Catholic calendar from Pope Gregor. Every event has numerology tying to the Pope, to the Vatican, to the Jesuit mayor of the town, the city, all the false flag shootings, everything. People don't know if you look at your area code in your city in America, the telephone area code, it's Gematria for the name of your city. <laughs> and when you dial 911 for emergency, you want to wonder why that happened on 9-11. In America, you dial 911 if there's an emergency. <laughs> the headlines today, Joe Biden saying, we shall respond. And this is regards into what happened this weekend with reportedly three U.S. troops being killed at Tower 22, 322. We'll see when he'll be ready for his response. Keep in mind, this is a Monday. Tomorrow's Tuesday. Of course, Tuesday is named after Mars. Mars is the god of war. And interestingly enough, tomorrow, Tuesday, will be Joe Biden's 72nd day of his age. We know how relevant that number is to his life. His wife and daughter died in a car crash in 72. His son died when he was 72 years old. In Gematria, President Biden equals 72. So does Jesuit order. So does the phrase, we shall respond. They all equal 72. Again, if you're new here, Gematria, the Kabbalistic practice of coding numbers into words. Learn this knowledge, see through the rituals and what these numbers mean and these dates. So I want to talk about what I decoded early this morning, and then I want to talk about what just happened on CNN maybe 45 minutes, an hour ago with Peter Bergen. If you don't know who Peter Bergen is, I'll remind you. He warned of World War III after the deaths of these three troops, again, at Tower 22. I was pointing out how today is 114 days after the war began with Israel and Gaza on October 7th, again, the anniversary of the U.S. invading Afghanistan. And it matters that it's 114 days later because in Gematria, art of war equals 114, world war equals 114, president of the United States also equals 114. If you're new here, Gematria is based on the alphabetic order forwards and backwards. I'm gonna write out Jesuit order to make a point. Jesuit order has the Gematria of 144, like, Jesuit Donald Trump posing with the first Jesuit Pope on the 144th day of the year at the Vatican back on May 24th, 2017, like Jesuit Georgetown simulating that Joe Biden would win the election exactly 144 days before the election in 2020, not to mention President Biden's got the 144 and 72, again, just like Jesuit Order's got the 144 and 72, but notice Jesuit Order has the 54, today has 54 date numerology. This is the system that's used every day. But, and again, just about 114. World War, 114. Think about Pearl Harbor, 
another 114, what got the U.S. involved in World War II. Art of War, the text that we know about because of the Jesuit priest, Father Amiat, who translated it. Um, you see how Art of War is also 102? The American Civil War was blamed on Jesuits. It began on the 102nd day of the year. The attack by Al-Qaeda on September 11th was simulated by the U.S. federal government is Amalgam Virgo, June 1st, 2001, 102 days before 9-11 happened. The U.S. government simulated the Al-Qaeda attack. The president says, we shall respond. And by the way, we shall respond, 72, right? Just like President Biden's got the 72, President Trump, they're both Jesuit educated, 72. See how President Trump and President Biden are both 72 and 81? Biden supposedly beat Trump with 81 million votes. He's 81 years old right now. He's from Scranton, one of the nation's 27 Jesuit university towns on Interstate 81. But today, also 129, right? 129, it's the beginning of a news week. It's a Monday. It sets up the storylines for the week when all these stories are rolling out by the numbers. 129. Anyhow, 129 is 201 in base eight counting. 129 is 201. And as we know, the Jesuit orders 201. When Biden's son died while he was 72, he died 201 days before the Pope's birthday, the first Jesuit Pope and the first living suite 201 at the Vatican. When his wife and daughter died in 72, they died on Limestone Road, which is another 201. And again, the list goes on and on and on. A whole lot more to it. Remember, everything with Israel right now is 201. State of Israel's 201. Netanyahu left on the day, leaving 201 days left in the air, and then he came back on 1229, which is the 201st prime. So again, just the Jesuit fingerprints all over everything. Again, October 7th, the war begins. October 8th, Israel declares war. October 9th, Yale turns 322 years old. 322, important biblical number. The Holy Bible. 201, Genesis 322, the tree of life. The physical motto for Kabbalah, knowing good and evil. Three pillars, 22 paths in Kabbalah. This whole thing is the Kabbalah and Kabbalah. That's what we're teaching every day. That the Kabbal uses the teachings of Kabbalah to control the world ritualistically on a calendar created by the Jesuit world. When we're on the Catholic Church's calendar, again, you know, who's got it more out for Islam than the Catholic Church? Crusades and all. I mean, just think about it. Skull and Bones member in office when 9-11 happened. He referred to the wars over there as crusades. Skull and Bones gets their symbolism from how the Templars bury their dead, the Templar cross in the middle of the Jesuit logo. Remember, the Jesuits are the modern military order of the Catholic Church. The Templars are the old military order. The Jesuits claim to operate in 112 countries. The killing of the three soldiers at Tower 22 came 112 days after the war began. 112 days. Catholicism 112. Mathematics 112. Judaism 112. Zionist 112. Belfort Declaration on November 2nd. That was addressed to a Rothschild who died on the 201st day of his age. Been a lot of 201 rituals and deaths of Rothschilds for all you guys who think they run the world. Sorry, the people who run the world, their names that you don't hear, like the Orsinis. Some people know who the Orsinis are, but not many. And there's other names in that Catholic connection. These are the real people who run the world. Rothschild, that means red shield. Who had red shields? Oh, that's right, the Templars, who served the Catholic Church. Anyone tells you anybody else other than the Catholic Church is running the world, those people are lying to you. Does that mean that the you-know-whos, you know what I mean when I say you-know-who, what rhymes with who? You, you already know. We're talking about Israel. But anyone tells you that they're running the world and not the Catholic Church, that person's tripping. We're not on the Jewish calendar, okay?
So what I think is going to happen, as Pike's talking about, Israel's going to be like, yeah, us, we've got the U.S., we're going to take this back. They want Giza, Yesa, Gaza back. At some point, the U.S. is going to pull back. I think, I, I think Trump. Now, again, Jesuitism is Nazi fascism. And everyone's like, Trump, he's a right-wing Nazi. Yeah, he's working for the Jesuits. He is. He is a right-wing fascist, totally. They're going to pull back. They're going to let Israel go. So for all the people who are like, Steve, you're crazy. You're full of, full of crap. It is the Jews. If you are out there Jew-hating, I got good news for you. 90% of the modern Jews, and again, remember, these aren't Jews and Hebrews. The Jews and Hebrews were Irish, not them. But what you call Jews, 90% of them have been rounded up and put in Israel and five U.S. cities. They know where they're at. So when it's time for the final solution, Hitler wasn't the final solution, right? He, his job was to get them all into Israel. I think I have something on Lord... So we all heard of the Balfour Declaration. Now, by the yeah. way, the Rockefellers and Rothschilds are the Orsinis. So the black nobility are the ones even behind the, um, behind the Balf, uh, be, sorry, behind um, the, the Vatican. So they are black nobility families that are actually even behind the Roman Catholic Church. They were just the rich people from the Roman Empire who then morphed into the Roman Catholic Church. Um, and I did have this here, and I don't know. Uh... So this is the guy who who gives, because England was in charge of Palestine at the time, right? So the guy who signed the Balfour Declaration was Arthur James Balfour. He was an earl, and we'll get into what an earl is. That's vassals of the whole, whole after this. I'll show you the concession of King John. All the dukes and earls and house of lords, they work for the Vatican. So he issues the Balfour Declaration on behalf of the cabinet for a home for the Jewish people in Palestine, and he did it with the, with the Rothschilds. And, and by the way, when he was chief secretary for Ireland, he opposed Irish home rule. He, wanted, he didn't want the Irish to have independent saying there could be no halfway house between Ireland remaining with the United Kingdom or becoming independent. Because again, they hate Ireland because they don't want people to know their religion comes from Ireland. In domestic policy, he passed the Land Purchase Act, which bought out most of the Anglo-Irish landowners. And then he made an Education Act, which is Jesuitism, had a major intern on uh, modernizing the school system and putting in Jesuit. And and financial support for schools operated by, drum roll please, the Church of England and the Catholic Church. That's the guy who gave the Jewish people a home in Palestine, was the guy who supported money for the English and Catholic Church. Now, here's some awards he won. The most honorable Privy Council. Take a look at that. <laughs> That's royal Jesuitism right there. That's not a Jew. Here's another award he won. Hey, he's got the Knights Templar Shield there, the most noble order of the Garter, an order of chivalry. That's knights, founded by Edward III. And that, that's who all the U.S. presidents are related to. Oh, there he got one, too, with the Knights of Malta Cross, merit of the Commonwealth realms, right? So they were rounding people up. Now, when you look at people say the Rothschilds are Jewish, they're not. They're the bankers for the Vatican, and that's admitted. 
And when you look at Rothschilds, um, yeah, the Jewish Encyclopedia says it is a somewhat curious sequel to the attempt to set up a Catholic competitor to the Rothschilds at the present time. The latter are guardians of the papal treasure. And whenever you see pictures of the Rothschilds, I've got some here, they're always wearing Knights of Templar and Knights of Malta crosses on them. They're, they're all wearing Jesuit Vatican Knights of Malta, Knights Templar crosses. These aren't Jews. They're, they're made to look like Jews. And Jordan Maxwell, um, I'll, I'll, I'll attach a clip at the end. The bottom line on the world today and the stuff that's going on on the earth today, uh, what we call Illuminati was a, originally uh, a term which is given to us uh, in Spain to um, a religious order in Spain that later on were amalgamated into what we call Jesuits. So the Jesuits are truly Illuminati themselves. I believe that one of the most evil organizations that exist on the earth today, and you'd have to have spent all the years with me in libraries and research societies and traveling around the world and talking to other writers, authors, lecturers, and teachers, and collecting this stuff over a period of 45 to 48 years to understand what I'm telling you. But I believe today the most serious evil organization on the face of the earth is the Vatican. I think if, if the Vatican was done away with off the face of the earth, there would be a shout of liberation heard around the world. So when you talk about Illuminati, when you talk about the really dark, criminal stuff that's going on in the earth, you're talking the Vatican. You're talking the Knights of Malta, which gave us the six men who founded the CIA in America were all Catholics, members of the Knights of Malta. When you begin to look at the banking fraternities in America, like the Bank of America, Union Bank in California, all of these people who founded these banks and today are running the banking establishment are all Knights of Malta. Catholic masonry. So when I hear people talking about the Jews this, the Jews that, and the Jews are responding, I said, no, no, you better go back and do your homework. The Jews have been slaughtered all over, all over Europe by the Vatican. You need to remember that for at least 2,300 years, Rome has dominated Europe under the Caesars of Rome, and in the fourth century, late fourth century, the Vatican comes into, into being, and the Vatican dominates all of Europe, all the heads of state, all the princes and kings and rulers, all the kings and rulers in Europe rule by the divine right. Who represents divine to give the king the right? The Pope. The Pope appoints certain families to be over the French. The Pope appoints certain people to be over the Germans and over the British. And so by divine right. Why? Because the Pope represents God. And the Pope says that this family is holy and that they should rule. So if you want to talk about conspiracies and you want to talk about evil, don't talk about Jews. You better talk about the people who control Europe for over 2,300 years, Caesar of Rome, the Roman Catholic establishment. There's the real story. Now you're getting into mafiosi. Now you're getting into the fraternal orders of Freemasonry out of Europe, Knights of Malta.
Now you're getting into the organized crime, Sicily, Corsica, Corsica, and all of the profound drug running, white slavery, murder for hire, Vatican. There's nothing holy in Israel, nothing. There's nothing holy in the Vatican. There is nothing holy in Salt Lake City. There's nothing holy in religion, periods. They have set up certain institutions of learning, of education, religion, and government. That's why I've said you better go back and do your homework on where the history of the world comes from. I don't see the world being run by Jews. I see Jews being used, but you will find that even Rothschild, the, the, uh, the, the Rothschild family who we hear so much about, those Jews who were running Europe. No, if you go back and look at the history of the Rothschilds, you will find that Rothschild represented the Vatican. He was dealing for the Vatican. He was a Vatican banker appointed by the Vatican to deal for them so that the Catholic Church would never be involved in all that terrible stuff going on in banking. We'll let the Jew do it. Then, of course, if, if something comes out, well, it's Jewish, obviously. No, no, it's your money that he was handling. So if you really want to nail down the real enemy to America and, and to the earth, I, I don't know that much about it. Just, I've just been looking at it for 48 years, is the Vatican. And that doesn't even bring up the subject of propaganda doing. P2, the propaganda doing P2 Lodge, that was even mentioned in Godfather 3 twice. It's connected directly, P2 is connected directly through membership with Opus Dei and the Knights of Malta and the Jesuits. Jesuits, Opus Dei, Knights of Malta, Masonic Order, and P2 is, is pure, unadulterated, pouring directly out of the trough, Nazism. Underworld organizations, drugs, humans, uh, human trafficking, pornography, violence, underworld organizations, it's all P2. They are the ones who are promoting the, uh, the uh, right-wing death squads in Central and South America, Mexico, the drug cartels in Colombia, and it's all being orchestrated out of the Holy Father in Rome. Now, Rothschild, it's German for red shield, kind of, but it's not really actually because it would be spelled differently. But they are Orsini's, which were the red bears, and their logo was named off the Templar shields, the Knights Templar shields with the red cross. The Red Cross organization today is that. Now, if you look at the, so the story goes, the, the first, uh, Mayor Amschel Rothschild, have you heard this story? He's a backstreet moneylender and a jeweler, right, in Frankfurt or wherever he's at. And uh, he and his 12 poker buddies get together one night and come up with a plan to take over the world. And so he starts lending out money to kings and queens to hire armies and mercenaries. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Go down to Edgware Road in London and show me one moneylender who's got the money to lend kings and queens money to finance an army. Like, where did this guy with a backstreet moneylending shop in a tiny little city get the cash and the contacts to start lending money to all these royal families and princes and stuff for that? No. Well, when you go over to Scotland, and, and we'll have to get the, I'm going to have to get the concession to King John for this to make sense. I'm going backwards. At the same time, this Rothschild guy appears in history. The seventh Duke of Roth, Scotland, 
disappears because they were having fights with the English king. He disappears with the whole family fortune. So instead of an eighth duke of Roth coming in, there becomes an eighth earl of Roth, who's the husband of the sister. You don't go from duke to earl unless there isn't unless the duke's gone. Well, this is the Duke of Roth. He takes off to his German family and becomes Rothschild. <laughs> He's a vassal. Now, we have to get into the concession of King John. Well, here's King John's 1213 concession to Pope Innocent II. Now, again, this is right as the Knights Templar take create Switzerland, the Crusades end. So this is what's going on. And you have to remember the old world order is no separation of church and state. The kings and queens are appointed by the Pope by divine right to rule, right? And since the Pope is the vice is the voice of God, he's the one who gives them divine right to rule over their countries. So King John writes this concession to Pope Innocent III in 1213. I won't read the whole thing, but the highlighted yellow, I do offer and freely concede to God and his holy apostles, Peter and Paul, and to our mother, the Holy Roman Church, and to our Lord, Pope Innocent, and to his Catholic successors, that means everyone after him, the whole kingdom of England and the whole kingdom of Ireland, with all their rights and appurtenances, and for the remission of our own sins and those of our whole race, <laughs> as well as living as for the dead, and now receiving and holding them as if it were a vassal, so a vassal means you're beholden to. It's a slave. It's your bitch. These these kings and queens and dukes and lords are bitches of the Roman the Roman Empire, the, the Vatican. Um, that's what Burke's peerage is. It's the list of all the families around Europe who are the Vatican's bitches. From God and the Roman Church. Down at the bottom, next one it says, We shall do liege homage to him, that's the Pope and God, binding our successors, everyone after us, and our ears by our wife forever in a similar manner to perform fealty and show homage to him who shall be chief pontiff at the time, the Pope, and to the Roman church without demur. And down at the bottom, and if we or any one of our successors shall presume to attempt this, whoever he be, meaning leave, unless being duly warned he come to his kingdom and his senses, he shall lose his right to the kingdom, and this charter of our obligation and concession shall always remain firm. In other words, the Vatican owns England and always will by King John's charter. That's that's the guy who gave you your Magna Carta. He sold you out. <laughs> Pretty much. So uh, did the Roman Empire ever collapse? Well, it did, and that's what happened when Charlemagne came. The Roman military and Caesar. Now, you have to remember, they wrote all the history. Rome is a, is is Remus and Romulus. It's an Irish name. So, like, they, Julius Caesar is fake. Caesar Augusta, these are fake personalities. They never happened. These are historical, these are fictional creations by Jesuit and, and a Church of England priests rewriting a, a history to make it look like they are the successors. So what was the Roman Empire did collapse, but it just turned into the Holy Roman Empire. Basically, it didn't collapse. The church took it over. It just became a religious institution is all that happened. It took a few hundred years because the, the Vatican doesn't really turn up till about 400 CE or AD, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
So that's really what happened when they say when they say all leads all roads lead to Rome. It's true. It's not the Jews. It's it's the Roman Catholic Church is even behind the Church of England. Now they they're having a fight too. Now I will say this: if you are Jews, right? I'm not Jewish. I grew up in a two huge Roman Catholic families. Actually, if you were a Jew and you actually knew all this had been going on for thousands of years against you. Do you think you might, I don't know, get together and form a resistance and start networking? Do you think you might if you knew these organizations were out to slaughter all of you? Right. Could there be a reason that there are some Jews like why are the Jews so good at networking? Why do they all stick together? Now, if the Jews are all powerful, right, we saw this fake story ran every 10 years. Six million Jews killed, right? There's a story in 1912 in the New York Times or New York, whatever, about that post. Because there are a lot of people who say that, no, 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 the Roman Catholic Church is Jewish. The Jesuits are Jews teaming up with Catholics. Okay, let's have a look at that. This is from the book Secret, Secret Treaties of the Jesuits, right? In the end, they're talking about, I'll show you the, next, the first page. I'm going backwards in order. Um, what they did was the, the Holy See and the Jesuits to obtain for the Holy See, um, they pretended to be Jews and Muslims and Arabs. They still do to this day. That's why I'm saying Netanyahu is probably a Jesuit. I can't prove that. Um, but here's what they say about the Jews. Our order obtained from the Holy See that no Moran, which is a person descended from the perfidious race of Jews and, Mah and Mahometans. Perfidious means treacherous, faithless, not trustworthy. So in the, in, the, in the secret instructions of the Jesuits, they call the Jews perfidious. They're disgusting. They don't like them. Um, behind the, yeah, hang on a second. And then here, this is the beginning of the book. The Jesuits talk about how they adapted themselves to all kinds of character. With the Jews, they pretended to be Jews to gain their object. With the infidel, they were skeptics. To the immoral, they were the most liberal, liberal and indulgent until they gained absolute ascendancy over them. They found their way into king's courts, queen's boudoirs. Uh, this, they gave confessors to the chief crown of the head of Europe. So in their own secret instructions, they tell you when you think you're seeing a Jew, you're not. You're, you're seeing them pretending to be. They even turn in their own people. They won't allow, they will not allow a Jew um, they won't allow anyone who's Jew back four generations cannot join the Jesuit order. They're not allowed because they think they're perfidious. They think they're not trustworthy. They don't like them. Um, Gematria, Gematria comes from Kabbalah. It is Irish. It's not Jewish. It's, it is Jewish, but it's from Irish Jewish. Yes, they're using Kabbalah and numerology for all their rituals every day. But it's the Jesuits doing it. It's just because it's Jewish doesn't mean the Jesuits are Jews. That's what the Knights Templar brought back from the Middle East. Like I said, the Crusaders were fighting for land and treasure. They were looking for esoteric knowledge. And so did Medici. He brought it. He went to the Middle East and got all the old Hermetica, Corpus Hermeticum and all the teachings and brought it back. Look for a book called The Rise of the Aryans by um, Patrick Schwenard. Irish Wisdom in the Bible and Pyramids by Connor Macdara, M-A-C-D-A-R-A. The Hearth Book um, and by Embodiment Celestial, Hearth, H-E-A-R-T-H. And then if you want to learn about the Jesuits, Behind the Dictators by Leo Lehman, 1944. 
the revolutionary movement, 1933, Jay Finlater, Rulers of Evil, F. Tupper Saucy, 1999, Vatican Assassins by Eric John Phelps, and Secret Instructions of the Jesuits by uh, C.W. Brown, it's from 16, whatever it is. This man controls the entire world. Many people know about the Pope, but what if he's not the only Pope? Rumor has it that there are three Popes in existence. The White Pope, which everyone knows, the Black Pope, and the Gray Pope, each trumping each other in terms of power. The White Pope is the leader of the Vatican Church, and the Black Pope is the leader of the Society of Jesuits. However, when it comes to the Gray Pope, it is a whole different story. Well, you'll see. The Grey Pope, or more commonly known as Pepe Orsini, is the latest heir from a long bloodline of black nobility that are the movers and shakers behind world control, with their dynasty going way back to even Babylonian times. Today, they are the world's most powerful family heading the Illuminati, with even the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers reporting to them. But not many people know controls the entire world. Because the Catholic Church can't be involved in any of this. They can't say we're involved in child trafficking and drug running and... Uh, all the right-wing Nazi death squads in South America, right? We wouldn't do that in all the banking scam. Let the Jew do it. And then if anyone gets blamed, it's the Jew. And this is what they do. It's even in their secret instructions. When you read them and then take a look at what's going on in Palestine right now, in Gaza, even we will beat their babies' heads to death into the ground. I mean, when you read what they're doing, you're like, oh, my God. Um and that is what they want. They want to kick off this world war because they want they want the old empire back. They want the Jews and the Muslims to take each other out in one fell in one fell swoop in a war. So where does uh, the Talmud come in? That's pro- I, that is probably most likely a Jesuit Roman Catholic fabrication too, because they are the ones who spread the false version of Judaism. When you hear about the false Jews, that is Talmudism. They're the ones who did that. All the old people, they were following the Irish priests of Yesa Krios. They were following the real Hebrew knowledge, which was how to be a better person and go through carnation so that through male and female. And, and by the way, uh, we didn't get into this. The Great Pyramids are all named after Irish names. So they're not Irish. They are not Egyptian. Um, all, the, all the pharaohs of Egypt are fabricated. Menes is an Irish word. All of the Egyptian pharaohs are totally fabricated. They are Irish words for the body and spirit. Um, but we don't have time to get into that. You will get that in those first two books I mentioned. Um, so these people have been spreading these false religions. It's, it's them. It's the Roman Catholic Church and the Church of England are the ones who've been spreading all this BS to these poor Jews. Now, the Jews, just the, most of them just follow the Old Testament which is Irish. They're, they're not historical events. They're based on the body. And when you know this Irish language, you start to see it. But you're not supposed to. That's why they killed everyone who spoke Irish or, or Gaelic or in the Highland genocides. And by the way, um, ancient Finnish, they're, they're fin, Finns speak a different Finnish now than they used to. Ancient Finnish, there was a genocide too, where the churches came up and wiped out the Finns in Helsinki. Um, their language is very closely related to Hungarian and Irish. And they say Hungarian is like the root language to Naga, which was a worldwide language that all the indigenous people spoke, right? You've heard about that? Well, it's because it's coming from he- Irish Hebrew. So it, they're just saying it's Hungarian. It's not. It can be traced back to Irish Hebrew and Finnish. 
that's why there was a worldwide language. And we'll get into that next time. Um, the reason that the, the Vatican didn't fund Columbus, Columbus wanted to go to America, right? He wanted to go there. And you'd think like, you'd think Italy, they already had like um, Tr Napoli, and they had all these seafaring uh, parts to them, uh, Genoa. They had massive sea fleets. You'd think they would have financed them. The reason they didn't finance them is because they knew the Irish had been there spreading their religion. There were already crosses. Uh, the Christian cross, by the way, when you look into the sun on a winter day when it's not too bright to look at, if you blink your eyes and stare directly into the sun, you'll see the cross. There will be a big beam will come, one light coming down to the ground and a high cross on top. It's Iesa Krios, the sun. That's where the symbol comes from. <clears throat> so anyone can go out, all the sun gazers who are looking left or right. Um, when the sun's low in the sky at sunset or sunrise, look right in there and give some blinks and you'll see you'll see uh, Jesus. Yes, um, so that's why the Vatican and they didn't want to fund him because they didn't want him going there and finding out that the Irish were already there and that all the languages of the indigenous people and all their cultures are Irish. They're all Irish Hebrew. They were there way before Columbus or the Mayflower or any of that crap. They were there and they didn't want them to know. And the only reason Spain financed them is because uh, Catherine, I think was her name in uh, the, the king and queen of Spain were broke. She had to sell the last of her royal jewels just to finance Columbus in hopes that they would get trade, you know, once he found uh, the new world. And then the Jesuits were spreading stories about, oh, the, you can't cross the great deep in the West um, because it, you'll die and there's sea monsters. And, <laughs> you know, they started making it so people didn't want to go. And the only reason the Irish did it is because they knew magnetism. They knew the secrets of magnetism. So the ancient Irish seafarers had compasses. So they didn't need to navigate by stars and sail at night. And when it's dangerous, they could sail in the day with compass. So they were the ones who had the, the secret of magnetism, which is what their whole science is about. God is magnetism. All right, uh, Steve Falconer, how can I follow you? Uh, get behind me, man. Wherever I'm going, you go too. <laughs> no, um, we're Space Busters. Uh, you can write us at spacebusters at hotmail.com. Um, you can find us on Space Busters and Odyssey, uh, BitChute, Vigilante TV, which is Jeff Berwick's. I'll be speaking at Anarchapoco this year in another week. Uh, I'm also the author of The Dukes of Dense, a children's book you can find on Amazon. I always forget to plug. <laughs> um, and that's it. I know this was heavier than our, normally we're laughing and stuff. This, this, this subject's heavy, man. You know, I know it's, it's not fun to talk about, but we're at a time where it's necessary because... There are so many people out there blaming, you know, the New World Order wants the Jews gone. So if you're pushing the hate the Jews narrative, whether you like it or not, I'm telling you, you're helping the New World Order. So you're pushing their narrative for them. So, you know, if you want to do that, I can't tell you to or not to. But, you know, I'll just say that and, and leave, that, leave my place. If you enjoyed this podcast, please visit supportgerm.com.